everyone. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with my regional master instructor, my friend. I mean, basically, I spend more time with you than anyone, Mr. Ken Miller. <laughs> Ken, how are you? I'll, I'll take it. Yes. And I'll take title of friend over uh, associate any day. Colleague, all that fun stuff. Yeah, all I mean, of I that. Yeah. Give you a list of the things, you know, all your all your things that follow your name were attached anyway. So co-host, how about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, today, I mean, talking about list of things uh, that we do um, as personal trainers, Wendy, I, I you know, I think uh, you're excited as excited about this topic as I am, because, um, you know, one of the things you and I talk about is the fact that, you know, there there is a lane that we as personal trainers um, need to stay in. Right. And from that standpoint, you know, we know a lot about what we do, but, you know, about the other things, that's when we want to defer, you know, our clients to, to seek other help when it comes to other situations that they might be in. So when it comes to this episode of, you know, making sure that we direct our clients and understanding health, fitness and wellness credentials, you know, the right person for the right job, right? That's why I think this is a pretty, pretty important episode for us. To talk about and make sure that uh, you know every every one of our listeners knows you know what the steps are when it comes to getting the right help. Yeah, and actually, I had a client, um, and this is kind of I think another reason that we decided to do this as well is I had a client that came and she was talking about having all of this pain, and she's like, "I need you to help me with pain and pain." And and the thing is, is you know within my scope of practice, I really don't help with pain per se. I help more with discomfort. But when you have pain, I have to stay within my scope of work. So I needed to refer out. And she's like, I don't understand. I see all these letters. I don't know what these people do. I don't know where am I supposed to go? Is it a chiropractor? Is it a doctor? Is it you? And then, you know, you've got all these letters. And I'm like, well, yeah, because we all have studied different things. And so with that being said, let's first talk about MD. So most people know that when you don't feel well, and you've got an illness and you need someone to diagnose conditions and everything, you go and see your primary doctor. And, you know, these these individuals go through med school um, and, you know, you can become a general practitioner, which means you see everyone, you can specialize in different things. But, you know, basically you're looking at somebody that can give you the x-rays that are needed, that can give you the prescription drugs if needed, that can set you up for surgery if that's what's needed. And so this is usually the first step that most individuals need to go to when there's pain or you're not feeling well. And that's the easiest one, I think. Right. I mean, right. And yeah. <laughs> go, yeah. Go to your general Doctor. practitioner. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever it is. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, as it comes to especially going through the aging process, um, you know, you, you've, you've been able to see your primary care physician for years. So this is somebody who knows you. They know, you know, what your body's been through. They've been through it. They've been through it with you, maybe to help you with other things. So, you know, they, they have history of you and how you work and, and might have some idea of, you know, what it might take to, to get you to feel better. So once you, you know, once somebody comes to you and again, it goes both ways, right? So if I have a client who's talking about, yeah, my shoulder's been bothering me. And I actually have a buddy of mine who's who's had a situation with his shoulder, comes back with the initial diagnosis of frozen shoulder, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, then he goes and sees, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about other professionals in, within the field, but, 
you know, he's, he's seen his doctor for the last five years. And, you know, because he's a triathlete, he's been physically, um, you know, compromised in other, with other sports related injuries. So with his frozen shoulder, his doctor knows what he's been through. He knows what allergies he's had. He knows how, how he responds to movement. And one of the first things he says, the doctor said, Hey, do what you did last time, get some strengthening program, you know, a part of your daily routine, because, you can only run, swim, and bike for so much before your body starts to break down. But then when he got this shoulder situation, he's like, you're going to need to see this guy again, which is me, on <laughs> how to get yeah, which is me. Whoever you saw last time, go to that guy again. Um, <laughs> and then I, I'd say the same thing. He says, my foot's been bothering me. What do you think? I'm like, I'm no podiatrist. I'm no doc- Why don't you go see your doctor about your foot first, and then they can kind of point you in the right direction from there. So the referrals go both ways, but as you, as we're talking about with, you know, the medical doctor, you know, this is somebody who's probably a general practitioner a lot of times, and they can kind of defer to whatever specialist needs to be brought into the mix. And I think it's important to say that. I mean, there are different specialists within that field too, because as you said, if somebody's going to go and see their general practitioner and it's a foot issue, they may send them off to like, you know, a, podi- a podiatrist. If someone's having some pain in their stomach and they've done some different tests, it may be an internist, you know, someone that specializes in different, you know, different uh, body parts, if you will. And I mean, and when you think about an MD, that kind of leads us into a lot of these other, um, other credentials that we're going to talk about because, you know, the same client that came to me and was talking about all these different letters behind people's name. She's like, well, what separates you from this next one? And the next Mm -hmm. one was actually a chiropractor. And those of you guys that are just joining Ken Miller and I on random fit today, we're talking about understanding health and fitness and wellness credentials. So, you know, all the letters that you see behind people's names, what does it mean? So most people understand when, when you see MD, they know that is basically they've gone through med school. Now, granted, there's a lot of people that say they're a doctor of something. But just remember, when we say doctor of something, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily an MD because they have could have gotten a PhD that focused on research or an EED, which is education. And so just because it says doctor doesn't mean they're an MD as well. So, you know, make sure that when you're looking at people and you're looking at their credentials that they went through med school and it's actually a medical doctor. So I just wanted to say that. But um, when you also look into the next one we're going to talk about and you think about chiropractic work, you know, when you're thinking about that, that's going to be someone that's really doing more integrative medicine and they're based on a diagnosis and they're looking at manipulative treatment of misalignments of the different joints. So basically they're gonna look at your spine, they're probably gonna do some sort of X-ray. And then from there, they're gonna say, oh, you know, your different vertebrae may be out here, or there may be, you're losing the curve of your um, cervical spine. Not like I'm talking from experience, right? Um, but, you know, but it, it allows them to look at an X-ray and then at that point do different manipulations to your spine to realign your joints for better movement of the spine specifically. Right. And I think a lot of, a lot of people don't realize too, that uh, chiropractors is more than just a snap, crackle, pop. Right. And it's like, Hey, can you just, you know, and I'm sure people have asked you when they say, Hey, can you, can you just kind of, can you crack my back? I haven't had my back cracked in a while. It's like, well, listen, it's, (laughs) you know, first of all, there's gotta be a reason for it. And second of all, and probably even probably more important is like, I'm not qualified to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the thing about chiropractors, too, is that, you know, I've got I've got a couple of cousins that are who are chiropractors and they're in practice up here in the Bay Area. And um, 
thing about they have different specializations as well. So we talked about doctors having different specialization. Chiropractors have different approaches to how they look at the body. And again, as a, as a form of integrated medicine, sometimes it might mean, you know, the 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 adjustments that we, we know and um, associate with the, the field of uh, chiropractic. But sometimes it's a different approach, right? Sometimes it's more mild. Sometimes it may not be that big pop that you associate. Oh man, thanks for taking, you know, taking that out of there. Uh, Cause it's been, you know, I've been wanting to pop it, but you know, I have, I've been a little stuck lately, but sometimes it's, it's different. You know, they, they look at the whole body. They just have a different approach than what we would consider, you know, the, the medical doctor. So I have a few chiropractors with different specializations that I refer to as well. Well, and one of the guys, when I went through and went back to school, actually, to get my manual therapy license, which I know we'll talk about later, he is a doctor of chiropractic work, but he emphasizes and studies a lot of neurology. And so he works mm -hmm. with, um, you know, patients that have had trauma to the brain um, that may have, you know, something that they were born with, maybe some sort of MS. And the way that he does his practice is absolutely like it's it's amazing to watch him work. I've gone watching him work with with um, his patients multiple times because I find it absolutely fascinating. Um, it is something that I am not credentialed to do, but you know, again, you know, it's always good to know what other doctors do. And one thing that I know has changed from when chiro you know, chiropractors first kind of started their work is it was mainly people think of it as just a, like you said, an adjustment or a snap, crackle, pop. But I think too, you know, based on all the, the research and evidence and everything, they're actually starting to see it's important that if you go to a chiropractor that you start thinking about what caused some of those misalignments of the joints. And there's always going to be muscles that are overactive and muscles that are underactive sometimes that will pull some of those vertebrae specifically out of positioning. And so once they realign them, it's important to do some sort of activation exercises to make sure that when you walk out the door 10 minutes later, it doesn't go back to where it was before you even saw the individual. So just make sure, you know, that you do your research. But if you see a chiropractor, I think that you're going to feel a lot of relief, especially if you feel, quote, locked up. And I know myself as a manual therapist, which means more I work with muscles, if there is a joint restriction and I know I can't do some kind of mobility or a mob to get better movement just through releasing exercise or uh, releasing muscles, then I would send them off to a chiropractor if I saw fit. So that would be the differences between, you know, right. an MD versus a chiropractor. And then we can obviously talk about the muscle muscle guys next. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, the next one that, you know, we I, I work with probably more often than not is physical therapists. Um, and that's that's a really big one, because when it comes to especially working with athletes, Wendy, like, like I know you work with quite a few athletes, professional athletes, as well as collegiate athletes. But, you know, because you're operating at such a high level, at, you know, as a professional, as a collegiate athlete, um, things happen right and to where you're injured you're out of the game but a lot of times you do need a higher level of of assistance when it comes to reestablishing strength or getting through the rehabilitative process especially in cases of you know acute knee injuries ankle sprains shoulder issues like i mentioned with um, my buddy with his frozen shoulder diagnosis right it, and that's where you need the help of a physical therapist to not just complement what the diagnosis is through manual manual treatment, but again, they have a license to 
work with joints and, and work with, you know, reestablishing uh, range of motion through not just exercise, but using their hands to the level that they can, that they're licensed to do it. So um, one of the, one of the big things about my, my work history is that I had the opportunity to work in a physical therapy clinic where I had the, the, the awesome learning opportunity to work alongside seven physical therapists to where as they were working on them to reestablish, uh, you know, movement. And as they kind of progressed away from their need of the physical therapist, they would then be kind of lateraled over to me to help them now get them ready for their activity. So whether that's just walking up the stairs or being able to play wide receiver for their for their high school team that's where again when it comes to working alongside especially this field of professionals you want to know you know what kind of treatment that they've been through what their end goal is and then as a fitness professional or performance uh professional then you can kind of come up with a plan that gets them back to where they want to be yeah, and I think it's important because the same thing. I mean, I know my background when I first went into for my undergrad, I thought that's what I was going to do was be a physical therapist. And so I did a lot of rehabilitative science in my background and my education. But it's also important to think, too, when you're coming out of surgery, one of the first places they'll tell you to go afterwards is to see a physical therapist. Insurance is usually taken by a majority of insurance, you know, or uh, physical therapists and, and specific companies. So you definitely want to check that out. But I think it's important to think about this as well. When you go to see a physical therapist, if you've had some issues with your shoulder, they will spend a lot of time working on their shoulder because that's what you came in for. And that's what they're going to be able to write off and do. And you're going to get insurance for it. However, there are some physical therapists that look at everything as a whole. So I'm not saying this is a one size fit all. And this is what I'm saying about uh, physical therapists because I'm not. But just know that if you go in for your shoulder, they really will treat a lot of the shoulder, whether they're doing some sort of, um, you know, uh, hands-on work, some sort of needling, some sort of uh, massage type things, ultrasounds. I mean, they, they can do a lot of different things, but just know okay. that they may not look at it, at the body as a whole, which I think too, that's what kind of can blend into what Ken and I do that's a little bit different. Um, and the reason being is because insurance pays for them to work on the shoulder. They use, you know, usually have 15 or 20 minutes per patient um, it just kind of depends on how they're running their, their business. So if you're going to see a physical therapist and you've got, um, you know, a specific thing in mind, you're going to be able to get scripts and the scripts are, you can go see this PT for eight different sessions and hopefully in those eight sessions, you feel better and all is well. Um, if you don't, then you, yes, if you don't, yeah. and you still have some, some um, reoccurring issues, then it would be good to come and see someone like Ken and I. And, um, and that's what makes it a little bit different. Again, you know, everyone kind of has their, their scope and their, their place, but you know, what is it that we're looking at? So when we're looking at this particular podcast on random fit with Ken Miller and I, when we're talking about understanding health, fitness, and wellness credentials, you have your MD, then you have your chiropractor. That's going to look at, you know, the joint specifically, you have your physical therapists that are going to look at movement patterns and different muscles. And specifically when you're coming out of surgery or you're trying to get better range of motion in particular joints, they're going to spend a lot of time doing some, some manual therapy in order to get better range of motion. And then that kind of leads us into what Ken and I do, which is a little bit different because we do manual therapy. That's kind of from the, the, I shouldn't say kind of, it is 
a blend from a licensed massage therapist into something that's more neuromuscular therapy that's very pinpoint specific um, after doing a full assessment to find out where range of motion is not ideal. So do you want to tell them what we do, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, we, you know, I guess as it's commonly known, you know, we're, we're, we're more than just that spa, type, you know, spa professional or somebody goes to, you know, kind of get away from it all. And, you know, the foofy, uh, you know, incense and lavender oil and things what like do you mean, that. Foofy? Well, I'm just saying, it's like, I'm, I'm just trying to take us away, you know, basically put us in the context of, you know, how we help people. So a lot of people look at massage therapists. Okay. Oh, I have a massage therapist that I go to and it's like, yeah, they, they work on my neck. And then there's, you know, that some, that person that you might go to once or maybe twice a month, or you might go to have a spa day. You go to like a hotel or a resort and get massage therapy work there. But for, I guess, in the context of, of, fitness and wellness and, and, you know, trying to perform better, there is, there, there is a need to kind of unload tension in the muscles. So like, you know, the, one of the massage therapists I go to here locally, you know, she knows where, you know, she knows where I hold my tension, which is going to be a lot of my traps and calves and, and, and hip flexors. Right. So, and she knows my body. And, and if you have that kind of relationship or you know, that person that understands you, and they can de-stress you and they can actually kind of perform what we would consider, you know, more corrective exercise where when it comes to inhibiting or even lengthening, depending on the massage therapist, they can actually help facilitate the range of motion um, part of what you need to move better. Now, when I first went to massage therapy school, um, I worked for a chiropractor. So again, to kind of look at big picture, how these fields that we're talking about kind of can work together. I, in this chiropractor, you know, he had a lot of referrals with um, auto accident injuries. So for me, it was a lot of working on the paraspinals and the hips and the shoulders, a lot of neck tension, definitely. But I complemented the work as far as tension relief um, for this chiropractor, either before the treatment or after the treatment, because one of the things that they realize is that the treatments actually hold longer when the muscles are relaxed or the client's easier to work with when it comes to whatever adjustments that might be needed if they had gone through a treatment session for massage therapy beforehand so a lot of times now you know there's there's different specializations when it comes to what education massage massage therapists go through versus 30 years ago when i went through massage therapy school so finding out what specializations your massage therapist might have, you know, just like you would a physical therapist or a mm -hmm. chiropractor, they can help you in different ways. And this has also helped you kind of curate, you know, who you can go to for, for what situation when it comes to massage therapy. And I think it's important to note, like you said, I mean, everyone kind of has, even though you've got certain letters, we still have a very specific, um, clientele that we work for, we, we have a specific right. outcome that, that we do. So for example, with neuromuscular therapy, I have people do assessments and I look at everything. People mm -hmm. come in like, oh my gosh, I've got something going on with my shoulder. And the first thing I do is I look at their foot and ankle and they're like, no, no, I, I said my shoulder. I'm like, I, I totally understand that, but I'm going to look at everything at a whole because sometimes it starts at your foot and ankle and leads to your shoulder. So, you know, is it, you know, the chicken or the egg? I look for it all. And so, and I, you know, and I charge per session, it may take me 
30 minutes, which never does, but it may take that or it may take an hour. It just kind of depends on what I'm looking for and what I'm trying to do in order to get better length throughout every joint moving up the kinetic chain, which is just up your body. Um, but to your point, when you do need to de-stress and, you know, going to see a, an LMT, which is your licensed massage therapist, there are times where you really need some of the, um, you know, some of the incense and some of the relaxation and the hot stones and the lighter touches. I mean, it doesn't always have to hurt. And that's one thing that I tell people like, right. you know, like just like a personal trainer and just like when you do a session, sometimes you just need to unload and let your body relax and whatever it is that's going to get you to that point. Um, that's also important. So think, you know, you've got some that are lighter touches and, and some people that do cranial only some people that work, you know, for prenatal. So just like when you're, when you're looking for your, your physical therapist, as you mentioned, or you're going to your MD and then they send you off to someone, we all kind of hold our own lane and just make sure that everyone's up to date and, you know, and that you trust them, but also I think it's important, no matter what you guys do, when you go to see anybody in, in the field to help you move, feel, and perform at the highest level, interview them a little bit. Find out more about them. Look them up online. Look at any of the, the, the uh, comments and stuff, because I think that's extremely important. And sometimes we, we don't do that. We're like, oh, this looks like a good name. Oh, this one's close to my house. That may not be your best approach. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you want the, you want the, the best person for the job that you need to have done. And definitely there's, you know, and that's where I, I know like three massage therapists that I might go to um, for different things. Right. So I love that you have time for massages. I am. I'm just saying I know three people, uh, <laughs> uh, but again, it, you know, it, but it's also a, a, a resource for me to send people out, right? Mm -hmm. So I know somebody who has more of a sports-related background. Okay, go to this person. Or if that person that might, okay, just overall, you know, you haven't had body work done in a while, good time to get the incense, get the hot stones and all that stuff. And this, and I know this other person that does that, and I know somebody who has more of a rehabilitative background because they work as a physical therapist assistant and a massage therapist so they understand the therapeutic the therapeutic side of things as well so just knowing who's right for you and for what your situation is but also as a good resource to refer out because that's how we make a living right it's 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 when about word of business refer out yeah refer out yeah. <laughs> so ken why don't you before we you know we we go and like move on into another one, you know, so far we've talked about an MD, you know, that's our practice, you know, the one that we, we know that, that that's going to make us feel better and then kind of lead us into the right path. We talked about a chiropractor. We talked about a massage therapist. We've talked about an LMT, but I think with your background too, especially working um, in collegiate sports, mm -hmm. you know, how would you explain an athletic trainer in comparison to what we've talked about so far? Well, again, this is, this falls under the field of of, of sports, right? So when we're talking about understanding the, <laughs> when it comes to understanding the, the credentials and what people are, uh, you know, able to cater to, you know, what we, we look at with athletic trainers, they, they are the, they're kind of the, I guess the, your utility player, right? Because they are the first responders of sporting events, right? Someone goes down, who is it that runs to the field first, right? When it comes to 
you know, getting the ice and taping before and after a, an event, right? That's the person you go to. But what a lot of people don't see is that they're also working with the players um, and the athletes. Again, just kind of putting in the context of, of, of um, in my experience, collegiate sports, you know, they're also working with the physical therapists and the doctors when it comes to the rehabilitation or the acute care of athletes because, hey, they have a softball player that has a shoulder issue. They have a gymnast with a low back issue. They have a football player with an ankle sprain. They got to be able to work with all of those, all of those environments, all of those sports, and they have to be able to kind of make sure that there is a continuity of care when it comes to, um, you know, these, 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 uh, this environment of, of sport. But there's also athletic trainers that work in a rehabilitative environment. They work in physical therapy clinics. They can help with the re rehab rehabilitative process as well as return to play programming. So again, when it comes to health, fitness, and wellness credentials, the athletic trainer winds up being that person that, you know, they they can make sure that if if there's a risk of 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 a neck injury or, or a concussion, they're they they they're they're skilled at. Um, acute injuries like that, but also on the back end and the rehabilitative process, you know, they're, they're also responsible for getting somebody, making sure that they make their treatment sessions and they're doing their rehab, but also from a, as a strength conditioning coach, I work with the athletic trainers pretty closely and making sure that as a strength coach, my job is for performance, but performance doesn't matter if the person's hurt. So if I can make accommodations for what that athlete is able to do, Again, communicating with the athletic trainer, um, you know, I'm I'm better able to serve my my athletes like that. But they have place in the sporting arena as well as the rehabilitative environment as well for what skill sets they have. But they definitely do a ton of hours yeah. to get that, and their test is not easy. Yes, I mean, and and you know, I know for myself, I used to um, travel a lot with um, Major League Baseball, and I know we worked very closely with the athletic trainers. And and guys, what you don't see on the back end, I mean, as Ken mentioned, there is so much that goes on behind the scenes because they they do the prep work. They usually have the athletes, especially that have some reoccurring issues or that may be tighter in certain areas and need some hands-on work. Um, they work with everyone before they get out there on the field or court or whatever it may be. Um, and so they do have to come in really early. They do work with all the players. Like during the games, they have to write things up. They have to send anything that happens, any incidences, they have to write out a report, send that to an MD, send that to the physical therapist. They always have, you know, those, all the amount of writing or if they're coming back from surgery or, you know, coming out from, from rehab for some reason, they have to have all of these protocols and all of these notes. And so it's definitely not an easy task. And, you know, a lot of times those are, those guys are overlooked. Um, however, being an athletic trainer, I know there's a lot of hours that goes into that. And, um, you know, they're also the ones that, you know, when you're starting out in, for example, minor league baseball and you're in, you know, a ball or even, lower than that you're sometimes doing laundry and looking at you know separating the equipment i mean you, there's so many things that go into it like rookie ball um i just remember the athletic trainer saying oh my goodness if i have to touch another dirty pair of pants i, I think i may die um so you know it, some of these jobs are not easy however you know um it's it's one of those things that it is a you know it's very uh i think sometimes we don't talk about it enough but those guys deserve a lot of credit for uh, keeping these guys healthy on the field too.
Yeah. So as you're listening to both Wendy Batts and myself, Ken Miller here, talking about understanding credentials when it comes to health, fitness, and wellness. Um, so on that on that point, Wendy, when, if if you know an athletic trainer, if there's an athletic trainer in your life, um, one of the things I know they appreciate is a good gift card for um, Starbucks or <laughs> some some kind of local coffee shop, you know, uh, <laughs> or or you know someplace healthy and fast that they can get food because. You know they're there it's it, they, they work from dark to dark right when mm-hmm. they're setting up the training room they also have to make sure that the last person out of there has if they need ice they have ice or if they need treatment they get treatment but um you know but also a gift certificate to your local fast food establishment uh so if they need to run out for lunch you know sometimes a good carne asada burrito or just bring them something is, yeah. or just bring them or just bring them something even better Yeah. And I think too, you know, like when we look at everything and and again, one of the, I think one of the other ones that we want to talk about before we even end this is, is kind of talking a little bit about the differences of coaches, because I think this is also a term that um, another one of my clients asked me about, because I mean, most people understand like a coach uh, of a basketball, you know, um, a basketball team or a baseball team, you've got one coach that's there to, you know, instruct and is involved in designing plays. And, you know, that coach is over that entire team, making sure that they perform at their highest level, or if it's with an individual, having that individual perform at its highest level. That's something that most people understand. But, you know, I think one thing, and Ken, you might be able to explain this very well, but now we've got wellness coaches and we've got, you know, um, strength coaches and we have like all of these different coaches within our field um, that I think sometimes people really get confused about like, well, what's the difference between a trainer, you know, because we have personal trainers. And I know that's one thing, obviously, we're super passionate about because we always see our personal trainers as well. But, you know, how do you, you know, what's the differences between a trainer versus a coach? Or is there a difference? Well, then that's, and that's a really good question Wendy because I you know I just talked to another a, a personal trainer about this last week because we were talking about um you know wellness coaching right uh, as it's now a specialization within the National Academy of Sports Medicine so when when it comes to personal trainer a lot you know if we were going to draw a line between the two career paths or the job description personal trainer it's typically exercise or performance related where the environment is in the health club weight room, you know, garage gym, personal training studio, where we're instructing somebody on movement and quality of movement. But when we're talking about, you know, wellness coach, now we have to look at the whole person, right? We like to think that we talked about or we consider the whole person to begin with when it comes to personal training. But now we have to dive deeper into, okay, what are your sleep patterns? You know, how are you protecting sleep? How are you managing stress? What are the stressful, you know, what are the stress points in your life and how can we come up with um, behaviors that help you, you know, address these things or, or give you some coping skills when it comes to managing stress or whatever it may be? Um, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, overall, you know, nutrition, although again, we're not dietitians and laying out food plans, but we do want to know, it's like, okay, is the last meal out of your day going to be, um, you know, a double-double a, a cheeseburger with a strawberry shake? Or are there other things that we can look at to help you maximize your recovery from your workout or prepare you for the next day? So when we talk about wellness coach, we want to look at, okay, what is it going to take for you to maintain a healthy lifestyle through the the building of, of better habits to maintain, you know, for lack of a better word, wellness? 
Yeah, I think that's important too, because, you know, when you think about a wellness coach, it is just that, you know, they want to coach you to the best, best life that you can. And they're going to look at all of your habits, good, bad, and different, offer suggestions, hold you accountable. Um, you know, what are you eating each day? Are you keeping a log? I mean, you're not necessarily giving them a food plan because that, you know, needs to have a registered dietitian. Usually that's giving specifics, especially if there's some sort of um, consideration that you need to take um, into, into consideration. Um, and so, you know, I think when you when we talk about wellness coaching we're coaching someone on lifestyle changes and and changing for the better and looking at yourself like you said as a whole and then when you're looking then at a physical therapist i mean a, i'm sorry a personal trainer when you're looking at a personal trainer what do we do we look at how the body moves and then we try to make it move to become this fine-tuned machine so therefore reducing the chance of injuries we're really trying to get better range of motion which is going to make you move better you're going to work on activities of daily living so it's going to make you safer you're going to reduce injuries and you're going to perform at, at whatever level you're going to take your programming to so i think you know a lot of times and i know like you said with nasm we now offer wellness coaching as well as personal training and then everything you know in between with different types of specializations because it really kind of all is inclusive and so if you see someone that has a pt you know or a cpt a certified personal trainer because there are some you know personal trainers that may not have a you know may not be from a, an accredited body so you want to make sure that it's a certified personal trainer from um you know a, a someone that's um you know accredited i guess that's just i'm just going to leave yeah. it at that but anyway you make that, sure yeah. they, they, they've gone through um you know a process in order to get their their um, certificate and then again you know you're going to see other types of specializations and like ken and i have the corrective exercise specialization where we focus on particular ranges of motion and movement patterns we have our pes which is a performance enhancement specialist which is where we're going to take it to a higher level with more of our performance athletes on you know different things to consider and different types of assessments to get someone moving in all three planes of motion fast quickly explosively but also safely and effectively so therefore they're more efficient um and so you know i think just be careful when you're looking at you know the differences between coaches because again we're trying to better in performance but there's a difference between wellness coaches and a team coach and um differences between a personal trainer and somebody that's specialized in exercise does that make sense did i confuse yeah. myself <laughs> uh, it makes sense to me but i think this might be something we need to talk about in, on another episode is when we talk <laughs> about specializations right we talk about different areas of emphasis and what makes you what makes you different from the guy down the street Right. So when you're bringing up corrective exercise, performance enhancement and, and things related to personal training, um, you know, and that's, again, one of the reasons why we're why we're doing this episode is because uh, professionals come in with all sorts of letters behind their name. And, you know, it is up to you to make sure that, for one, they are who they say they are. Again, doing your due diligence, as you mentioned, Wendy, and making sure that they are who they say they are, but also, is it the right background for you? So again, going back to the beginning, you know, whether it's a medical doctor, chiropractor, physical therapist, um, massage therapist, athletic trainer, personal trainer, or, or um, a wellness coach, you know, you understand that that is the right person for you. And it, and it's a person, you know, cause you're going to spend probably, you know, it's not going to be one of those jobs where you're, you're getting $20 an hour for compensation, you're going to be spending quite a bit of money 
right? It's going to be an investment in time, energy, and effort, and definitely your finances, especially if it's going to be something where it's going to be an ongoing need. You know, it's, it's, it's going to take some investment, and you want to make sure that you're getting the right instruction, the right level of help uh, when it comes to understanding these these credentials that are out there. So having letters is great, but make sure that they're the right letters that, that you yeah. need. And, and, you know, and that's one thing, too, if you have insurance, it's important to check with your insurance companies because sometimes things are covered by insurance and sometimes it's not. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, when people are talking about, you know, investing in a personal training or trainer or investing in a wellness coach and investing in all this stuff. And they they say to me, man, you know, like I just spent this amount of money this month on on this, that or the other working with an individual to help them better their life and make lifestyle changes that are very positive. The only thing my usual response is, well, how much is your health worth? Because, you know, that's something, too, that when you're budgeting out at the beginning of the year and you're looking at everything, if you don't feel well, then what are you going to do to make yourself feel better? You know, maybe go to the doctor, do your annual checkups. Those are usually covered by insurance where you you know don't have to pay anything. If you you know do need to go and see a physical therapist because you know something's specifically in pain and your your doctor recommended a PT, then go to your physical therapist for however many sessions. Then maybe continue on to someone that is a personal trainer that can help you because you know you should be able to walk down the street without feeling out of breath. You should be able to climb stairs without you know hurting your knee and stuff. And so I think my key takeaway is think about yourself. Look at the different credentials and then find the best person to help you live your best life. That's right. And it's all about living your best life. There, there is somebody there to help you out do that. Yeah. So <laughs> um, thanks, Wendy. I yeah. appreciate your time today. It's always good hanging out with you and especially diving into these topics that, you know, that don't don't get discussed, but should. So uh, thanks again for your time, Wendy. And uh, for all of you that are listening to us here today or watching us on YouTube, Thank you for watching Random Fit. If there's something that you'd like to have us talk about, especially like with, with this episode with credentials, again, a lot of information out there, but make sure you come to us with, with the intent of learning more about what personal training, wellness coaching, and all that stuff can do for you. But like, follow, subscribe, and comment. Let us know what you want to hear about. And until next time, take care and be well. Oh, 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 oh,